Now all across North Carolina, it's Carolina Newsmakers. Here's your host, Don Curtis. Welcome back to Carolina Newsmakers. This week, we welcome back the Insurance Commissioner of North Carolina, the Honorable Mike Colsey, who has been with us a number of times. And uh, we are always delighted to have him with us because uh, his area concerns so many people in so many different ways. And, uh, Commissioner, I understand that, uh, of course, one of the big things that everyone is always concerned about is auto insurance. And you've got uh, some news about that. And, uh, probably a lot of explanation that a lot of folks will be interested in hearing. Thank you, Don. It's good to be with you again. And uh, that's right. Uh, We've been working this year on automobile insurance rates. uh, And I need to give a little background on how we work in North Carolina, because so many people don't understand the rate making process and how, how insurance rates are set. The department of insurance does not set rates. The the commissioner of insurance does not set the rates. We have an independent body set up by the legislature. It's called the North Carolina Rate Bureau. The Rate Bureau represents the insurance companies, all of the companies that do business in North Carolina. And when they feel the need to raise rates, maybe they feel like they're not making the money or beginning to lose money or this type of thing. Uh, they are required to submit a, a proposal or request to the Department of Insurance. And as insurance commissioner, I only have authority to say two words. I can say yes, or I can say no. And I want people to understand, I said no to this request. It was 28. They were proposing to raise our car insurance rates 28% across the board. And I've always said no to any rate request, but we're required by law to to study it and look at it. And it's not one or two pages. It's usually uh, sometimes 2,000 plus pages that takes months to go through. So we have to have actuaries, attorneys, uh, the rate making experts involved and see that what the insurance industry is asking for is justified. So I'm required by law as commissioner to set up a hearing date if I say no. So I said no, we set up a hearing date for late this year. And in the meantime, the insurance industry, the rate bureau came back and asked if we could sit down and talk about it. So we did enter into negotiations and ended up you know, after a couple of months of negotiations, we ended up with a a settlement that uh, still higher than I'd like to see, but it was 9% spread out over two years rather than the 28% over one year. So starting this December 1st, that would be an average 4.5% for first year and another 4.5% the second. So that that's how we got to the automobile rate settlement. Well, that's a long way away from 28% for the first year. Well, it's it's less than a third of what they were requesting. But I need to say what people pay for automobile insurance is really a result of the driving habits, the collective driving habits of the people of North Carolina. And unfortunately, We've had a lot of accidents and too many deadly accidents across the state. 
And uh, as you all know, anybody that's on the highways any week can see there's a lot of speeding. Uh, I'm on the road almost every day, and we're on interstates, and the posted speed limit may be 65, and traffic's moving at 80 to 85, and some cars going above 90. And when they have an accident, it's often deadly and causes tremendous not only bodily damage, but property damage. And there's four factors that's really putting pressure on our automobile insurance rates. And speeding is certainly a, a big one. Fewer people wearing seat belts is another one. And more people driving under the influence, DWI, whether it's uh, alcohol or drugs. But the leading factor, Don, is distracted driving, texting and driving. Too many people with cell phones in their hands. They're driving down the interstate 80 miles an hour and not looking at the road. And when they have an accident, it causes tremendous damage. It's very expensive, not to mention the loss of life and the loss of health for people. And so I'm encouraging people to, to be more responsible in your driving habits Put the phone down, put both hands on the wheel, keep your eyes on the road. It's all about safety. Well, you know, I, I think I proposed this uh, in conversation with you one other time, but one of the things that I've often thought would help with distracted drivers is to have a light on the top of the car where that antenna is for the cell phones that comes on when the cell phone is in use in the car at least other drivers would at least know that uh, the car in front of them is on the phone. I think that's a great idea. I think we should, you know, talk to the uh, DMV and uh, the insurance companies and, and see if we could get that idea rolling. Well, you know, I don't think that's an invasion in privacy because you can see the person in the car anyway. Of course, there's some uh, people have Bluetooth and have hands free, but the truth of the matter is, um, as you said, distracted uh, drivers are, are, are a real danger. And if at least if I'm on the road, if I see someone either in front of me or the side of me in the light zone, I know to be a little bit more careful. Good point. Well, I, you know, when I'm elected, whatever, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can get that in, into place. Well, I hope you'll hurry up and run, Don, and put your name on the ballot. Well, that uh, you know that that's another interesting story, but we won't get into that uh, because you know the, uh, I, I I crisscross so many different areas that I, I could probably never get elected. But it, even if I did get elected, I can tell you I would never be reelected <laughs> because I would make a few, enough people mad during the, my tenure that I would be uh, soundly defeated the next time around. I think. Uh, any other changes in the automobile uh, situation as far as rates, other than the fact that we're going to see a, a 4.5% increase come December? Well, the, the good news is people have a lot of choices in North Carolina. Uh, we, we have dozens of great automobile insurance companies. So I always encourage people to uh, shop around, but don't, don't, don't always go for the lowest premium and Watch out for these online and uh, TV ads that come across. Uh, it's best, I think, to have an agent, local agent, that you can talk with, you can sit down with or pick up the phone and call if you have a question. 
But the biggest tip I could give anybody on automobile insurance is to talk to your agent and make sure you have the proper coverage and make sure you have replacement value coverage. Replacement value coverage is worth its weight in gold when you have a claim. And for example, if you have a car that's two or three years old, you've been driving it a while and you're in an accident, it ends up being a total loss. The replacement value policy will buy a brand new current year vehicle, regardless of the cost of the same make and model. So that is very valuable versus if you don't have replacement value coverage, you only get the actual cash value, which is depreciated value. And many times people owe more on their vehicles than they get from the insurance settlement. And that's a bad place to be. Well, and that's uh, sometimes very tempting when you are asking for the lowest rate, they're going to quote the, uh, the rate for, uh, for the depreciated coverage, I, I would imagine that would be the policy of uh, especially the online insurance companies. That's right. But, you know, what good is it going to do you to have a low premium if they're not going to pay when you have a claim? And we see that a lot. And I would say if anybody does have an issue, uh, not that anybody has ever has an issue with insurance companies paying claims, but if anybody has an issue that they feel the insurance company is not willing to pay a fair settlement or giving you a hard time about a settlement, pick up the phone, give us a call, go to our website, ncdoi.gov. There's a little button that you can file a complaint. It takes about 40 seconds to fill that out. And, or you can call us or email us. And we have people on the phones every day, Monday through Friday, from eight to five, and all they do is talk to insurance companies to find out why they're not paying claims in a timely manner. They will talk to you and get your side of the story, talk to the insurance company, and they do a real good job of getting uh, claim settlements quickly and fairly. One of the things that's interesting about your background, which qualifies you so much for giving this kind of advice, is that you have been an agent and an agency owner. That's right. I spent my entire career in the insurance business. I went to college studying engineering and wanted to be a civil engineer. And I was, I was in the construction business for a while as a field engineer. So I understand how to read blueprints. And that's actually what we regulate at the Department of Insurance. We regulate uh, engineering codes, building inspections. So all, it, all of that ties into insurance. But uh, when I was a student at UNC Charlotte in their engineering program, I got recruited into the insurance business with Metropolitan Life Insurance Company, one of the largest life and health insurance companies in the nation. So uh, I, I was able to go through all the chairs and spent years as an agent and uh, sales manager, agency manager, and later was superintendent of agencies for uh, North and South Carolina for a smaller company, but it, it was, it's a good business. Uh, there's some fine people in the insurance business. And so that's why I would encourage people to get to know your agent. Uh, it's hard to be having a personal agent that you can talk to anytime you've got a question about insurance. Well, if uh, people are like me, they have a lot of trouble navigating some of the uh, websites that, 
In fact, I'm sure the website has the right answer, but sometimes I just don't know how to how to navigate it and find the answer. Nothing beats talking to someone on the telephone. <laughs> well, you know what they say, if it's on the Internet, it must be true. Uh, so uh, there's so many scams on the Internet today. There's scams. You get scams in the mail. You get scams on a telephone. So, you know, having an agent you can trust is worth a lot. Indeed. Well, uh, let's uh, that that uh, web address again is ncdoi.gov. Is that correct? That's right. If they have it'll it'll go over to .gov anyway. But it's ncdoi.gov. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's an address to remember and write down, and it's easy to remember because it stands for North Carolina Department of Insurance. Our guest is uh, Mike Causey. He is our insurance commissioner. And uh, we will be back. And in the next segment, we're going to turn and talk about maybe homeowners insurance and uh, uh, some other uh, matters that affect us all as we uh, go about our day-to-day lives. And we'll do that when we return with the next segment of Carolina Newspapers. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Tom and Levi. Tom is the smartest man I know. He's been a professor at two major universities, been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, he told me that he was having um, problems in his classes. I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. And he was telling them that he was doing it as a favor to them. But I think in reality, he just wanted to get out of there. Um, I was really starting to worry because I saw something was wrong. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me, and my love for him was just immense. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Hey, hon, what you doing with your phone? Taking pictures? No, I'm asking questions. Like what? Hey, Bobo, do flowers have best friends? I'm sorry. I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, follow me. I want to show you something. Look, flowers do have best friends. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. We continue with Carolina Newsmakers. Here's Don Curtis. Our guest this week on Carolina Easemakers is the North Carolina Insurance Commissioner and State Fire Marshal, Mike Causey. We will talk a little bit more later about his role as State Fire Marshal, but right now we're talking about his role as our elected insurance commissioner. And uh, we spent the first segment talking about the automobile situation. Let's talk about, uh, I guess, perhaps the second most used uh, mode of insurance, and that would be homeowner's insurance. Uh, One of the things that you gave advice early on about automobile insurance is being sure you have replacement value insurance, and I suspect that's also the case with homeowner's insurance. That's right, Don, and I say the same thing about homeowner's insurance is it's good to have a local agent that you can talk to to make sure that you have the proper amount of insurance on your home. You don't want to over-insure it necessarily, but for certain you want to make sure you have adequate coverage with inflation being what it is today. 
if you lost your home and had to rebuild, you'd be surprised at how much more it would cost to rebuild that home. And having replacement value coverage, if if your items are stolen or lost or damaged due to uh, storms or what have you, then the replacement value coverage would pay for new furniture, whatever the cost, versus not having replacement value coverage, you would have to rely on the depreciated value, the actual cash value. And you may have a piece of furniture that you think is worth $2,000 that may be worth five or $10 because you've had it so many years. Items like clothing, I think a shirt, they usually depreciate that to zero after five years. So uh, you, you would have to document when you bought the clothing items, what you paid for it approximately right down to your socks and underwear. And that's not an easy task. So having replacement value coverage will completely replace these items that you lose and make you whole again. If you don't have that replacement value coverage, you're going to be very disappointed in the amount that you get offered by the insurance company. And I think you told me at one time that replacement value insurance is not that much higher than than the uh, uh, the, the depreciated type. That's right. It's not. It's it's a maybe a few dollars more a month. You need to talk to the agent. It depends on the agent and company, but it is certainly worth its weight in gold when you have a claim. And uh, again, it's it's really a good idea to call your agent every year and get a review of the coverage. I know uh, some of the companies like uh, North Carolina Farm Bureau, those agents will go out to the house and take pictures and make sure they have pictures of your home in their file to document things. And sometimes they will make suggestions to you that, that you don't have enough coverage here or there. And uh, it's just real important that, that you have adequate coverage and people need to realize that homeowners does not cover flood damage. So it's good to have a flood insurance rider, whether it's federal flood insurance program or private flood insurance. And it's also good to have earthquake riders. We had an earthquake in Guilford County this week. It was a I believe a 2.7 or so didn't do any major damage, but two or three years ago, we had a larger earthquake that vibrated all across North Carolina that started in Allegheny County around Sparta. And it did significant damage to homes and structures, businesses. And only I asked an insurance agency, how many people out of this, large agency had earthquake coverage. There was 10 policyholders out of uh, thousands of policyholders that actually had earthquake coverage. And you can talk to your agent about adding an earthquake rider in, in some parts of the state. It's only uh, sometimes three or $4 or less per month, but it means so much in the event you had damage caused by an earthquake. Otherwise it wouldn't take anything. You know, I was aware of the fact that flood insurance required a rider, but I did not know that earthquake insurance required a rider. So that's that's really good advice and good knowledge. And as you said, uh, 
The time to do it is when you buy the policy. Well, I think uh, let's, let, let's talk about other types of riders because special collections uh, and a lot of people have collections and things that uh, are not covered by the regular homeowner policy. Exactly. Uh, and you're, you're not by yourself on that earthquake. Very few people realize that earthquake damage is, is not covered. And the same is true when it comes to jewelry, antiques, art collections, other types of collections. And we, we've had people where they had some valuable jewelry, it was stolen, and they find out their policy only covered $1,500 on jewelry. That, that's a, a terrible situation to be in because you may have twenty dollars or $30,000 worth of jewelry that's gone and no coverage. So you want to talk to your agent and make sure you have listed descriptions of those items and photographs of those items so that it, the insurance company can document it and uh, this is sort of a sidebar on the fraud. There's a lot of fraud sometimes that happens within the jury section. But there was a man in the Raleigh area that filed a claim against two Rolex watches stolen from his house. And he was trying to collect a large sum of money for those Rolex watches. And he wasn't very smart because he posted a picture of himself at a party wearing the Rolex watches after he had filed the claim and somebody oh. found the picture and turned it in and he got arrested for insurance fraud and charged. So uh, that's one of what our criminal investigators went after. But you have to do the same thing with art collections. Uh, in a previous life, I used to do art and antique appraisals when I had an antique shop. And we've had to uh, have paintings that were maybe worth 50 or $60,000. We've had to go look at past auctions and what, what the market value of those paintings are and make sure that's listed with the insurance company. In fact, the insurance company was the one that had requested the appraisal to So if you've got a $50,000 painting, you want to make sure you have that insured with a rider. Same thing with special antiques and all of that. Special collections, as you said, Don. Of course, if you're dealing with an agent, you can ask them what's not covered or what is covered to a limited degree. And and uh, if it doesn't fit to your model, then and in most cases, uh, these riders, I've, I've got, uh, I, as everyone, everyone who knows me knows I save everything. So I've got a number of collections and the riders are usually not all that expensive. They're not. And you also have umbrella coverage that if you have outbuildings and just an umbrella policy that might cover your, your entire property and all the buildings and contents there, and there's also umbrella policies for automobile insurance where people say, well, uh, I feel like I have adequate coverage. You know, I've got $300,000 for this and 100000 But I've talked to people that have had $3 million worth of automobile insurance coverage by having that umbrella policy. And it's not too far-fetched. When you look at some of the cars today, uh, some of the prices of some of these Lamborghinis, Mercedes, and the hundreds of thousands of dollars to have, a, like they had a 32-car pileup on Interstate 40 
uh, during a storm recently, you can think of the dollar value of the damage when you have 32 cars piled up. Let me ask you something about typical home uh, automobile policies. We're getting back to automobile, I guess. But what about hail? Is uh, Are cars insured against hail when that occurs? Because that can cause a lot of damage to the body of a car. Well, if if you have comp- comprehensive coverage, so that, that was another point. I'm glad you mentioned that, Don, because we're required to have liability you're not required to have comprehensive and collision unless you're making payments and the bank requires that. But it is a good idea. It's very inexpensive to have what we refer to as comp and collision because that's what will cover that hail damage. So if you don't have the comp and collision, you're not going to have any coverage for hail damage. Well, uh, that that's an interesting case because most people do not have garages and carports, and so the cars are out there, and there's not a way in the world that uh, if hail comes along that your car is not going to have some dents and bumps. And on back on the homeowners a minute, when it comes to hail coverage, you really need three types of policies, and you need to talk to your agent. You need a homeowners or dwelling policy. A homeowner's is when you live in the home. A dwelling is for uh, a place that you, you don't, it's not your principal residence, but you own the property. And you need a wind and hail policy to cover wind and hail damage. And you need a flood policy to cover the flood or water damage. So you really need to make sure you have those three types of coverages uh, on any homeowners to be properly covered well the most interesting thing that you've said to me uh in both of these segments of the program so far is the fact that hurricane earthgate coverage is not a part of your homeowner's insurance under uh, without the rider that's correct I, I would have assumed that it was and that uh, assumption of course you know what that right. means right we do <laughs> and uh we don't want to assume anything when it comes to insurance. Any other tips on uh, buying uh, automobile insurance or homeowner's insurance? We've got about well, uh, a minute and a half in this. I segment. think uh, sometimes we have people complaining about the, why does it cost so much for homeowner's insurance, particularly in the coastal counties? But we're actually the lowest uh, homeowner's insurance state in the southeast. Uh, Florida is a terrible place to try to buy homeowners actually homeowners or car insurance in north carolina is many times what we pay here in north carolina Uh, we'll probably never be the lowest in homeowners because of our coastline but we're right in the middle nationally on the homeowners rates and there again that's another area where the rate bureau is always seems like trying to raise our rates now, we do have something in North Carolina called consent to rate that was passed by the legislature. So the insurance company can send you a letter and say, we're going to raise your premiums. If we don't raise your premiums, we're going to cancel your policy. And you have the right to sign for it and continue coverage or not and have your coverage canceled. But that's uh, about 25% of the homeowners in this state 
are subject to consent to rape. So if somebody has a problem with anything along those lines, I'd like to hear from them. Give us a call at the Department of Insurance. We're here to help. Great, great advice. And of course, that uh, web address we mentioned earlier is ncdoi.gov. Our guest is Mike Causey, our insurance commissioner for the state of North Carolina and fire marshal. And speaking of fire marshal, we're going to spend the next segment talking about uh, your role as fire marshal in the state of North Carolina. And we'll do that when we return right here on Carolina Newsmakers. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by End Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. Melissa from Michigan. I work an extra part-time job serving lunch at my child's school, but I still can't afford to put food on our table. Daniel from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Now, once again, with today's Carolina Newsmakers, here's Don Curtis. We're back on Carolina Newsmakers. This week, our guest is the insurance commissioner and fire marshal, the state of North Carolina, Mike Causey. Being fire marshal comes with the job of being insurance commissioner. And as we said before the break, we want to talk a little bit about that because uh, uh, the fire marshal role is so important and sometimes does not get a lot of coverage. We basically have paid firemen in uh, a lot of the cities, but we also have a large amount of uh, folks who are involved in serving as volunteer firemen. Uh, But I understand that there is a need for more volunteer firemen. Well, you're right about that, Don. And that first thing I want to do is thank all of our first responders, whether they're firefighters, uh, volunteer firefighters, paid firefighters, our law enforcement our EMS, emergency responders, uh, line workers, all of those folks that during a storm or accident, they're they're first on the scene to uh, administer aid and and keep us safe. We can't thank them enough. Uh, I was talking to a retired sheriff in Jackson County that spent a lot of years in his early days as a volunteer firefighter, and he told me that the most underappreciated group of folks we have in the state is our volunteer firefighters. He said, as a sheriff, we'd have an accident. The first on the scene would be the fire department to direct traffic, administer aid. And we see it every day in every county across the state. So we can't thank our first responders enough. They 
don't get nearly enough recognition or appreciation for the sacrifices they make and the sacrifices their family makes, missing meals, birthday parties, and so forth. But it is a honor and privilege for me to serve as the state fire marshal and work with our fire departments. A lot of people still don't realize, Don, that the majority of firefighters in North Carolina and across the United States are volunteers. And we actually have some counties that have no paid firefighters. I can name one county, and it's uh, Caswell County is an all-volunteer county. They're few and far between, but we really rely on these volunteers and a county could not afford to pay what what it would cost to fund what they get from some of our volunteer fire departments. So we're all about helping those volunteer fire departments get matching grant funds, working with the legislature to get the legislature to do more to help these fire departments. And I wanna say a, a little something about the relationship or correlation between the fire departments class rating, that's the ISO safety class rating and what people pay for homeowners insurance because the fire departments are rated on a scale from one to 10, 10 being a unrated or the lowest, one being the best of the best. And when I took this job, November 1st, I mean, January 1st, 2017, when I took this job in 2017, we only had six class one fire departments across the state. Greensboro was the first city to get a class one, then Raleigh, Charlotte, and the big, all the major cities above 100,000. But we started inspecting the smaller departments uh, for their ISO class ratings. Mooresville was the first to get a class one. They were at population right under 50,000 at that time. Then Wilson, Rocky Mount. Uh, last week, I presented Gastonia, uh, your uh, Gaston County, your home county. Uh, Gastonia went up to a class one. That brought us in North Carolina to 30. We now have 30 class one fire departments. That is uh, Almost 10% of what we've got in the country, there's between three and 400 across the nation. And uh, going from six to 30 in seven years is pretty remarkable. And I give the fire departments and their the team effort, the mutual aid, all of that, the credit. We had a dozen class two fire departments in 2017. Today, we're over 85 class twos and hundreds and hundreds of fire departments that went from a class nine to a class six or class nine to class five or better. And what that means for the people that live in those fire districts is it saved almost two billion, that's billion with a B, dollars in premiums on what they would be paying for homeowners if they didn't have those good class ratings. So I just want to give a shout out to our folks at the Office of State Fire Marshal for all they do to help our fire departments and, and what the fire departments do in every community to keep us safe. Roughly how many volunteer firemen do we have in North Carolina? Do you have that number handy? It's in the neighborhood of 50,000. 
That's uh, and as you said, uh, so let me ask you this: How many uh, could we use if we had additional volunteers? We there's not many fire departments across the state that couldn't use more volunteers, especially our rural counties. Now we have some in Wake County and other uh, some parts of Guilford where. They, they have a, a good roster of volunteers. They have the population base, but with some of our rural counties, they're actually losing population. And some of our mountain counties are really struggling to recruit volunteers, to keep those volunteers. I know uh, some departments, volunteer departments that are down 10 to 15 volunteers. And the and, uh, same is true with rescue squads. I wanna give a shout out to all the rescue squads around the state and what they do. But uh, we're doing our part in Raleigh and across the state at our regional locations to uh, put information out in the elementary schools, to work with high school programs and junior firefighter programs, kids' fire camps, all of these different programs to get the younger generation interested in uh, being a first responder, whether it's firefighting or law enforcement. And uh, I'll tell you a quick story. I had a lady, I know a lady that was a volunteer fire department uh, near Chapel Hill. And her son had graduated high school, but trying to figure out what he wanted to do. And one day her son was in the car with her and she just had an idea. I'm going to take him to the fire department and introduce him to the chief. And uh, son says, where are we going? She said, never mind. I'm, I'm going to take you somewhere and introduce you to somebody. She takes him to the fire department, introduces him to the chief. Of course, he knew his mother had been in the fire service for several years and got interested in it, went through the training program. And today is a paid firefighter in Apex at the Apex Fire Department and volunteers at another fire department. And so that's what we need more of, people exposing younger people to the fire service and what it means. Well, it's as you said, those 50,000 people who are serving in these various roles deserve an awful lot of credit. I understand in some cases in uh, I know this is the case, uh, I think, in Raleigh, that the firemen will give you help with baby seats. That's true. We have a program at the Department of Insurance uh, under our Safe Kids North Carolina. And uh, it's Safe Kids North Carolina. We give away child safety seats. We work with the fire departments, some police departments, some sheriff's offices. And many of our fire departments have... Uh, child safety seat inspection stations where you can uh, either make an appointment or just go by there, they'll check. And according to the state highway patrol, 90% of the children that die in traffic accidents die because they're either not in a child safety seat or not properly fitted in a child safety seat. So it's a very important service. And I encourage people to go to our website that we mentioned, ncdoi.gov, and look up Safe Kids North Carolina, and we have a list of all of those fire departments that are child passenger safety seat inspection stations and uh, free of charge. So it's a great service to the people of this state. 
Now, you're also, I understand, uh, working on school bus safety. We are. That's a big component of Safe Kids. And we're at, uh, this next week, we're partnering with the Governor's Highway Safety Program, uh, Superintendent of Public Instruction, and some other state agencies to uh, have a school bus safety awareness day. Uh, we have too many children that, that die in traffic accidents and people passing stop school buses. And that is just a terrible thing to see a child die from somebody passing a stop school bus. So we're partnering with law enforcement to bring back, bring about better enforcement. And we just urge people when you see those flashing lights, slow down, stop for any stop school bus and obey the 25 mile an hour speed limit in school zones. That's very important for student safety. Well, you know, especially in a four lane road, it is really easy to uh, not observe a school bus uh, three lanes across and going the opposite direction. So you have to be very aware, especially during school bus times. I know uh, I almost slipped a couple of weeks ago uh, I was able to stop, but I almost didn't because I, I wasn't thinking about a school bus two, three lanes over. Well, you're right. It's easy to do, especially if it's a distracted driver. They're on their cell phone or texting and not paying attention. So you, especially during school hours, we have to be alert. We have to pay attention and you know, let's, let's keep our kids safe. You, you don't want any, no parent wants to lose a child uh, needlessly. And, uh, you know, we, we've had that, you know, uh, State Treasurer Dale Falwell experienced that, that tragedy years ago. And, and it's just, we've had too many parents that, that have lost children come, getting off of the school bus. And, and that should be a safe time. And I think we all forget that pedestrians have the right of way. Exactly. Always pedestrians have the right of way. Uh, especially we, we don't think about that when we're in, uh, uh, especially inside the city limits, because we have, uh, uh, you know, stop signs and all that sort of thing. But the truth of the matter is, according to law, it's my understanding that pedestrian always has the right of way. Well, you can ask some of the folks that have been ticketed in the city of Raleigh, because the city of Raleigh has been cracking down on that around the downtown area and uh i talked to a lady that got one of those tickets and it was almost 300 dollars, 291 dollars, and that was simply because she had made a right turn before the pedestrian had fully crossed the road and made it to the sidewalk so uh, they're very strict in some areas but people just need to be cautious and courteous and observe common sense safety rules. Well, as you said, uh, a lot of this is coming about because people are trying to multitask and become uh, addicted to their cell phone and become a distracted driver. And that uh, uh, is just a dangerous situation. And everybody's in a hurry. You know, they're, in a, they're late. They're, they're in a hurry to get here or there. And that, that, adds up to a recipe for disaster many times when, when they're rushing to get somewhere. So we ask people to try to leave in time to get there to your destination a little bit early, be respectful of other drivers and pedestrians. Yeah. 
The other thing I think we need to point out is uh, daylight savings time is lasting longer and longer. So that means school bus children are in the dark a lot of a lot of months now for the first couple of hours of those mornings. Yeah, that's that's a dangerous time too because they're hard to see, and we 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 do put out informational bulletins to urge people to wear uh, white or light clothing, that type thing, so they could be seen better, reflective clothing. Our guest is uh, Insurance Commissioner Mike Causey, and we will be back with one final segment of Carolina Newsmakers right after we take time out for this message. As an 18-year-old, I let my mistakes kind of take over my life. I was 0.5 credits away from completing high school, and I didn't do it. Ten years later, at age 28, Jackie finished her high school diploma. When I found out that I was pregnant, I know that I had to do something for myself if I wanted to make her a better person and provide a better life for her. My family never stopped pushing for me to be better because they knew what I could become and who I could become as a person. My support team is amazing. The educational director, my sister, and even my seven-year-old daughter has just been more than the support that I could ask for. I've been given an opportunity, and I'm just thankful for it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting A Teenager Learning the Lingo GOAT, G-O-A-T, acronym, stands for Greatest of All Time. As in, spaghetti sandwiches for dinner? They're my fave. Dad, you're the GOAT. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Carolina Newsmakers continues, and once again, here's Don Curtis. Welcome back to the final segment of Carolina Newsmakers. Again, this week, we welcome uh, Insurance Commissioner Mike Causey, who's been in that role since 2017. And I suspect if I were to ask you uh, what the uh, surprising things that you've learned in that period of time, you could probably take an entire segment, and one day we may do that. But right now, I want to talk a little bit more about insurance fraud and scams, because uh, one of the things that people forget who are not involved in a, in a scam or a fraud, uh, when you see one, remember it's costing you. Somebody's going to pay the bill. And for some reason or other, there's a tendency for some people to say, well, I see something going on that I don't think is quite right, but I'm not going to turn them in. Uh, that's going to cost you. That's right. And we're paying close to 20 cents of every dollar we pay for insurance premiums. That's almost 20 cents just to cover the fraudulent claims. So if people don't turn them in or they don't, tell us or give us tips on going after real insurance fraud. You don't have to know it's fraud. If you suspect it might be fraud, we'd like to know about it so our investigators can look into it. Now, it's not always fraud. Sometimes it's a civil issue. Uh, it's not a criminal issue. But we do go after the criminal element, if it is a criminal issue, and we make the arrest and we get restitution. 
And if you if you don't get tough on insurance fraud, we're going to keep paying more and more, especially on health insurance. There's a tremendous amount of fraud in health insurance, and it's from all angles. It's not only from consumers. Sometimes it's from the medical providers, and sometimes it's from the a whole, you know, in any profession, there's maybe some bad apples in, in any profession. And those people need to, to be looked into to prevent, you know, further, bigger fraud issues. And I know I went to a, a medical fraud seminar not long ago, and we we're talking about uh, any claim that comes through is 10% of them are fraudulent. But when it comes to medical insurance claims, these investigators and experts were telling me that 40%, over 40% or four out of 10 medical claims are fraudulent or have some degree of fraud in. And unfortunately, we have people trying to sell insurance that's using fraud they're selling bogus policies. They're sending people letters saying you've won the lottery. Uh, you know, send us all kinds of things. And uh, you know, if you suspect fraud in any area, if you get your explanation of benefits from the hospital, from the doctor, and you see some charges on there that you're not familiar with, call us, let us know. We have a section in the Department of Insurance called Smart NC, and we help people resolve disputes with hospitals, doctor's offices, insurance companies on medical claims. And we often find fraud in some of those things. And uh, if, if you just hear about it and think there's something that needs to be looked into, you know, let us know. And the most extreme example of insurance fraud would be murder. And we have a case right now in Gaston County out of Mount Holly. It's called the eyedrop murder case. I can't really talk about a lot of specifics, but the husband's accused of killing his wife using eyedrops and collecting about $250,000 worth of life insurance. So, uh, uh, you can read about some of these cases or watch these shows on television like Forensic Files and learn a lot. But fraud is very prevalent. There's staged accidents. There's people riding around with no insurance. They have a wreck and then they buy a policy after the wreck to try to file a claim. So uh, we have we put out news releases on uh, some of our larger cases that people can go online or go to our website and read about. But fraud is a huge problem that needs to be addressed. Now, I, I've talked to one person who said recently uh, he, he observed some fraud, but he said, I, I'm afraid to call in because I'm afraid I would end up in court. Uh, would a tipster be uh, liable to uh, appear in court? No, it can be totally anonymous. It's just like uh, uh, like the tip lines that you call in for the hotline for the local crime stoppers, that type thing. That it can be totally anonymous. 
Well, that uh, that uh, answers that because uh, I would imagine some people just don't want to get involved, but uh, all consumers are going to end up paying for somebody else's uh, luxury if you're not careful. And I can understand that concern, but that's a concern they don't need to worry about. We, But we do need to know about whether it's coming from any, whether it's uh, car insurance, homeowners, health insurance, or or workers' comp, or any of those things. Now, we are getting ready to go into hurricane season, and of course, we've mentioned the fact that flood insurance is separate from your homeowners. And of course, one of the things we learned earlier in the program is that earthquake insurance is now requiring, or is not uh, now requiring, is always required a rider. I found that to be very interesting. But uh, flood insurance is uh, is uh, something that is so important in North Carolina uh, in the hurricane season. Exactly. When we when Hurricane Florence hit, we had uh, over eighty thousand people filed homeowners insurance claims and got zero because it was flood damage and it wasn't covered. That's sad to watch. And we found out in 2018 during Hurricane Florence that less less than 2% of the homeowners had any kind of flood insurance. So we're trying to educate the public better through our website, flood insurance programs that talk to your agent. Uh, They're not, in most cases, not very expensive but are very valuable in the event that you do have flood damage. Now, what about wind coverage in a hurricane? And the same with the wind. As I mentioned earlier, you need three types of policies. You need to talk to your insurance agent about a homeowner's or dwelling policy, wind and hail policy, and a flood policy. And then an earthquake rider, if you want to make sure you're covered for earthquakes. But uh, that that's very important to have proper coverage and make sure you you don't have too much insurance, but make sure you have adequate coverage in the event of a, a loss. One other thing I want to bring up uh, while we still have some time in this segment, our final segment with uh, Insurance Commissioner Mike Causey, is Operation Medicine Drop. Yeah, you know, drug overdose is a huge problem in North Carolina and in America today. We, uh, I think last time I checked, it got worse during the COVID situation, but it's a, a averaging about five people a day dying from drug overdoses, opioid abuse. So we have this program that started in 2010 under the Department of Insurance called Operation Medicine Drop. It's part of our Safe Kids North Carolina program where we partner with uh, sheriff's offices, law enforcement, police departments, and uh, some fire departments on having drop boxes. We have almost 500 permanent drop boxes across the state. We have a list of those on our website. And we do programs. We, uh, we, we work with drug enforcement, the federal, the attorney general's office, and other law enforcement to get people to clean out their medicine cabinets and get the old prescription drugs out of the house and put it into a safe lock drop box that law enforcement oversees for proper disposal. And uh, we've collected since 2010, uh, I believe it's close to 
there's over 200 million pills. I don't know how many pounds that adds up to, but it keeps these out of our rivers and streams. You never want to flush them down the commode. You don't want to throw them in a trash can. And you don't want a child or a pet to get a hold of those old drugs or get in the hands of drug dealers. So it's a great program, Operation Medicine Drop. I encourage people to go to our website and look it up. And we'll we'll set up an event near you uh, if you request it. But otherwise, your local sheriff would be the one that would be announcing that in partnership with the Department of Insurance. Well, again, I also want to uh, congratulate you and the Department of Insurance on the reclassification or the upgrading of the fire departments in North Carolina. I think you pointed out that that's going to save $2 billion for homeowners. It, it is a huge deal, at, and I can't give these fire departments enough credit. They work so hard to with the better equipment, better training, staffing, and it's not just one fire department. It's, it's the fire departments that surround that fire department where they work together for mutual aid to better protect the citizens of that community. So uh, we, we're just blessed in North Carolina to have top-notch fire departments. Well, uh, for those who joined the program late, uh, the uh, auto insurance rates have been settled, uh, settled now. It's going to be 4.5% for the next two years instead of the 28%. We congratulate you on that successful negotiation. And that's and also, December 1st, Don. December, December 1st is when it takes effect. Yeah. And also, uh, we've got about a minute and a half left uh, to uh, remind people about Smart NC, which helps resolve uh, coverage disputes. That's with hospitals or uh, doctor's offices or health insurance. If it's a consumer issue for car insurance or homeowners, that's our consumer division, and we can help you with that. And we also can help you with Medicare uh, prescription drugs through our SHIP, the Seniors Health Insurance Information Program. All of that information is on the website. If you have any questions, you can call me personally or call the Department of Insurance because we'll help you and, and we are here to help. Well, it's uh, as always, uh, Commissioner, it's interesting to find out all these uh, uh, bits of advice. And I guess the overwhelming piece of advice that you always give is in the case of both homeowners insurance and automobile insurance, be sure to get replacement value if you can. Exactly. That is, couldn't have said it better myself. Well, uh, I'm glad that I finally did something right. <laughs> you uh, always do it right, Don. You're the best. Well, thank you so much, uh, Commissioner uh, Causey, for being our guest and always being so helpful and uh, uh, providing such good service. That uh, web address is ncdoi. Gov, NCDOI, which stands for North Carolina Department of Insurance.gov. Our program has been produced by Jason Kong, and he'll have another interesting guest for us next week. If you'd like to hear a repeat of this broadcast or share it with a friend, you can go online to carolinanewsmakers.com and do just that. So until next week on the same group of stations, have a good week, everybody. Carolina Newsmakers is a production of NCN and is heard each week on a network of North Carolina's leading radio stations. To hear a repeat of this broadcast, go to carolinanewsmakers.com. 
Carolina Newsmakers is produced by Jason Kong. Network engineer is Alan Sherrill. I'm Scott Fitzgerald inviting you to join us again next week, same time, for Carolina Newsmakers. Newsmakers.